you can make life as hard as you want to. All things considered, like, meaning you may not make a lot of money, you may have, like, some health issues or something, but there's also a choice for you to make good habits over bad habits, meaning, like, you can make life as hard as you want it to be. So we can all relate to times where we've fallen into those things. I mean, I hired Taylor as my coach. I'm sure you're like, if Adam could get past Susie and keep working out, he'd probably be in a better spot. And I think the same thing, you know, and it's just like little things where it's like, you know, you, you always have to try and work on yourself and make things better um, and, and just avoid bad habits. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. Welcome back to Modern Happiness. Today, we have Matt's brother, Adam Mahalik, with us in town in Denver. Super excited to get the big scoop on Matt today. Oh, man. Yeah, I ho- hopefully we get the big scoop on Adam. Can't wait to uh, dive into uh, what makes my brother so special. He's my best friend. We're 15 months apart. He's 15 months older. Um, it's it's uh, really, he's someone who's shaped a lot of my life. And uh, and I wouldn't be the person I am today without him. So super excited to have him on here to chat. He's got a lot of great stuff to uh, just land some knowledge bombs on you guys. I think you're going to really like this. So Adam, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. Great yeah. to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in, I don't know, a couple minutes. Yeah, uh, at least Great a to few. be here. Yeah, at least a few. Oh, cool. So let's dive in. We're going to dive into rapid fire questions so the audience can get to know you. And then from there, we take off. We're always taking off. We're always on liftoff mode. So this should be pretty simple for, for people. But uh, where are you from and where do you live now? Uh, you might be familiar with a couple of these places. So thank you for asking. But yeah, I grew up in uh, just outside of New York City in Connecticut, the tri-state area. What's up? And um, yeah, a little town of New Canaan. Um, grew up there, lived there, went to college not too far by in uh, St. John's in Queens, New York. Go Johnny's. And uh, yeah, after that, lived in Stanford, Connecticut for a bit, New York City for four years. And then, of course, when COVID hit, um, living in a little kind of junior one bedroom in, in Manhattan was not going to cut it for uh, working and living. So ended up moving to Newport, Rhode Island last year. Special place. You know, we grew up going there. Um, funny, I actually wanted to live there like beginning of 2020, I was trying to convince my HR and boss that I was moving there and there's nothing they could do about it. They did something. Um, no, they were just like, we'll, fi- we'll, you know, we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. So of course with COVID took advantage, um, stayed with some friends, uh, for three months and then haven't left since. So yeah, living the dream. It's great. Yeah. We love Newport. Like Adam said, it was, I know rapid fire, but here we go down the tangent. I was going to say, <laughs> we've got a Mahalik. Well, yeah. Taylor, have you been there before? Yeah. No, I've never to, been. Uh, Heard about scales. Scales and uh, shells. I'm, wear, I'm wearing the shirt right now over here. But uh, yeah, we went like at least at least once every summer. We go there for the weekend, uh, our family. Um, and it's a special place in our heart for sure. Yeah. Actually, real, fun, real quick, funny story about Matt. We've been doing this tradition every year where we go to scales and shells. A lot of funny stories. One Easter... Um, they had this giant uh, chocolate egg that they were giving away in a raffle, and like Matt a, actually like a two foot huge, chocolate egg. I know which he is loves even, chocolate eggs, <laughs> which is even bigger for a little boy. What you were probably like seven or eight at the time. Yeah, Matt won it, and uh, on the whole car ride home, when we were heading back that Easter weekend, he just about ate the whole thing. 
Wow, if only Instagram was around back then. Oh, man. There'd probably be some great footage. Yeah, oh, there but would be, for sure. that wasn't even the story I was going to tell. What I was going to say was it was a tradition. <laughs> we go there every year. And um, one year, Matt being you know the explorer that he is, was like, let's go somewhere else. Let's mix it up. You know, we always go to the same restaurant. This let's try like something years, new. This was like three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. But it's a, it's a, it's a good story because it brought us back to our roots. So we ended up like thinking, we didn't think too hard, but we're like, let's just find any restaurant. Like we'll try something new. So we go to basically, you know, as someone who's now, I would consider myself a local, um, or at least knows the area well enough to like the biggest tourist spot called the red parrot, disgusting food. They just pump it out. It was awful. Um, it was awful, but it was so great bad. because it was like, we needed that moment to be like, Hey, scales actually is a great restaurant it's the best. and that's our spot. So let's, you know, not get yeah. off that track again. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> Uh, on to our number two, rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Can't, Here we can't go. Wait. How far can't are wait. we? Yeah, it's twenty minutes later. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam, what Deuce is, is Deuce is going down. <laughs> Deuce is crawling under the camera. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite thing to do for fun? Oh man, that's a great question. I, I try and mix in a little bit of everything. Uh, it's funny. I always tell Matt this. Like the older I get, I feel like I enjoy like the smaller things. Um, and just kind of getting into a routine of habits. Um, you know, my, my two biggest loves outside of, you know, spending time with friends is music and sports. So any mix of that, whether it's, you know, I love to sing, I love to listen to music. I also like to watch sports. I like to play sports. So a lot of good mix of that. Um, I'm a big tennis platform, tennis player. If you've ever heard of platform tennis, definitely, um, check it out. If you haven't, it's played in a cage. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if that doesn't intrigue you, then I don't yeah. know what will <laughs> go Google app. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like to stay active. Uh, yeah. Awesome. What uh, is your most used emoji? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's either probably the heart, like just a red heart. Um, Got to show the love or uh, what would be the next one? It's probably the heart or okay. the beer cheersing. I don't know. Yeah. Cheers. Nice. Yeah. Solid. Okay. Big music guy. What is your walk-up song? Oh my gosh. You know, I actually asked Matt this last night at the Mets game because, mm -hmm. you know, growing up playing baseball, it's like, what would I come out to? Pretty sure um, I never answered it. You didn't. No, we. That's like how Matt and I talk. We bring up one thing and then it ends up in Guam. But um, yeah, essentially, oh, it's my walk-up song. This is too tough. First thing that comes to mind. This is why I'm hot. Wow. That's a throwback. Never. Man, that was saw a jam in high school. Yeah. Literally. It's, it's a little bit of stolen valor. A Rod used to come out to it, but you know. Rapid fire. I would actually ride <laughs> to baseball practice listening to that. There I you go. It. I, I think... got another song for you later, so. We'll keep it flowing. I honestly didn't think you would choose something that A-Rod would walk up to. I know. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite book? Um, probably uh, They Call Me Coach. It's uh, John Wooden. So if you, you know John Wooden. Mm -hmm. John Wooden? Mm -hmm. John Wooden? So he's like, in my opinion, the most accomplished coach <laughs> of all time. He, yeah, he used to coach the uh, UCLA men's basketball team back in the like, 60s, 70s. He, he won like eight or nine straight national titles and um, coached guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but the interesting thing about his book is there's so many anecdotes and so many cool um, just sayings, but what it all comes down to him is he actually has a pyramid of success, which I definitely recommend people take a look at. It's printed out on my big board um, in my office at home, but it's all about doing the little things for him you know, and, and repeating that to get good at it. There's one part of the book where he actually literally talks about um, – the first day of practice every year, they show the guys how to put their socks on the right way. I was waiting yes. to see if you were going to say that. Yeah. Yes. Are you familiar with the story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the point is, like, you don't get the seam and cause blisters, things like that. So, um, you know, he just has, like, a lot of good foundational stuff of, of what it is to, like, be a good person, um, not just being a good athlete. So, um, yeah, just a great book. I'd recommend it.
Solid. Do you have a nickname? Oh, man. I'm going to let Matt answer, and then I'll fill the gaps because, uh, you know, I've had a lot over the years. I, I would say the one, the first that comes to mind, Adam's middle name is Lewis, uh, and we talked about my nickname being Mugga. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah. you go back to whatever episode that was and listen to that story. But, uh, you know, our dad growing up playing sports uh, for baseball, he was always our coach. But when he wasn't, if it was soccer, whatever we were playing uh, in high school when he's not our coach, um, you just hear him on the sidelines. You get up to bat. And for Adam, it would be, Lou, <laughs> yeah. just screaming Lou. It makes a catch in the outfield, Lou. And for me, it's like, Moga. Uh, yeah. Just that really guttural scream. So, uh, Love I, it being guttural. I, so, I, have a, I have a playlist on Spotify called Lou, called Lou L-O-U, capital, or exclamation point. Uh, and every, any song he sends me goes in that playlist. Yeah, I like to share songs. But uh, it's funny I asked Matt to answer that because I would say a lot of people, when they hear my parents call me that, they're like, who is Lou? Or like anytime I call my dad, he immediately goes, Lou Luigi. And I'm like, that, that's dad. Yeah. He's on the phone. Or, yeah, my mom calls me Lou Lou. Um, so it's, it's funny because everyone, they know my middle name, but they would never think that I'd be referred to as that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's the A train. Yeah. So, you know, when the train's, on, when the train's coming down, you got to get off the tracks. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Self-proclaimed <laughs> that, uh, nickname. I feel like him. we got some stories yeah. we might have to <laughs> yeah. circle back to. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that was one from, yeah, the baseball team growing up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, you know, I always think about that. I, I don't think I ever actually knew, um, which is a funny answer. Like, I've been interested in so many different things. I'm like, you know, I could be a baseball pitcher. I would love to be, you know. A lead singer of a rock band you know more fantastical stuff like that versus okay do I want to be like an architect or something so I feel like I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up so it's kind of just an evolution of experiences and figuring things out I currently work in tech um, that was a decision I made where I, uh, I was a tv film major in college and did a lot of that stuff and, and when I graduated I was working freelance um, in, in a summer where I was bartending doing you know odd jobs for for production and um yeah, I ended up getting an opportunity with, with uh, a software SaaS company and was like, okay, this is a great way, sales, um, you know, to make the most amount of money without sacrificing too much of life. So it's something where it's like, you know, every company I've worked for is very different. So it's like a constant, uh, like I said, evolution. Okay, what is your superpower? Oh my gosh, you haven't felt that yet? I mean, I've got an idea. I'm okay. Waiting. I'm waiting. No, I don't know. Um, what is my superpower, Matt? You want to answer that one? <laughs> this is what this is for you, man. I know. I don't. I you know. I have enough thought I'll, about my superpowers. Recently. My um, my first thought would be um, uh, relationships. I nice. I think I've told Taylor this. I'm like, you could Facetime anyone right now, and I bet they'd answer. <laughs> nice. And sometimes I'm like, I'm like, oh, I was like, I have some time. Like, oh, maybe I'll Facetime a friend, and it's like. You know, it's family, and then it's like maybe a few people, and I'm like, who yeah. the hell would I FaceTime? But if I asked you, you could probably think of 20 people to FaceTime right now. Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. Um, I remember my first company that I worked at. Um, there was a woman I sat next to, and she was like, "What do you, like, what do you want to do when you get older?" You know, kind of the same question. And I was like, "I just want to make people smile. You know, make them laugh because it's like it's something quick and easy." Um, and yeah, there's a quote from you guys know Jimmy V, Jimmy Valvano, bas another basketball coach. I'm on that train today, but he's train. You, you know he. He was honored by ESPN at like one of the original SB shows. And he was like, you know, it, he's up on stage where he has tumors all over his body. He's like a couple days away from actually dying from it. But he got up there and he had to give this speech because um, he wanted to share his message. And he was like, there's three things you got to do in a day. Um, laugh, think, and move yourself to tears, whether it's through joy or something sad. He's like, if you do that seven days out of the week, like that's a heck of a week. That's a heck of a life. So more so on the influencing side. 
if I could have a superpower, it'd be to, you know, move people in a positive way. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, you're also one of the funniest people I've ever met. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, you do have that humor, which is great. Um, awesome. So final question. Uh, what's the best purchase you've made of $150 or less? Wow. 150 or less. Just bought a new driver. That definitely was not below 150. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with the sweater that I'm wearing right now because it goes for most occasions. <laughs> nice. Big sweater guy. Big, big, big cardigan guy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely cardigans. I've probably given you at least two cardigans for a, oh, yeah. for a gift. Oh yeah. Solid. Well, uh, now we're out of time with those rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. This was great. This was great. Um, yeah, we're just right, eating up. Take so us away? we're jumping right in now. So Adam has, um, I don't, I don't know where it started, so you can just tell us where it all started, but yeah, this is something you call the professional's arsenal. Yes. So tell us what that is. Yeah. So I actually came up with this, I would say, um, 2018, I worked at a company called Unity as my boss. We'd have team meetings and there was eight people on our team. We're all relatively like account managers, at, uh, account managers at this company. And essentially, um, at the like last 15, 20 minutes of every meeting, he'd say, he'd pick someone from the team, like just present something like whatever you want, just present it. So like one girl was like, Oh yeah, I'll, like show you how to knit one girl, which is hilarious. She's like 28. Uh, one girl's like, here's how to run a, you know, an effective in-person meeting with a client. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? Um, and so I basically created this thing called the professional's arsenal. So when you talk about like building relationships, being memorable, it's a thing that, um, it's five things that I think every professional or really adult should have on them at all times. And it's actually kind of grown into something that I now, I, I would eventually start presenting it to like our interns. And, uh, I did like a guest lecture at a, a college seminar where I presented this. So, um, without further ado, are you ready for this? We are ready for the professional's the professional. arsenal. ready. So we start with step one. Step one. What is the number one thing? Uh, a story. So I know, you know, Taylor, you talk about storytelling all the time. Uh, I heard this great quote from Ira Glass. He's a NPR guy. And he said, good stories happen to those who can tell them. So for me, it's like, you know, you, you hear people tell stories and you're like, all right, just get to the point. Or like, where are you going with this? So um, my story and kind of also why I thought about creating this arsenal was um, when I was a senior in uh, college, St. John's, bartending at McFadden's on 42nd and 2nd, big bar, um, a lot of action. I got the job through a friend, you know, big nights of, uh, you know, bartending from like 8 to like 5 in the morning. Um, <laughs> my first night, I was so nervous. It's me, the kid who referred me, and this like 30-year-old dude who's like legend. And he's like, you know, we're getting ready, we're setting up. And he looks at me, he's like, new guy. Like, we're getting ready for the night, and it's a bar where like you were allowed to drink. So he's like, hey, make us a shot. And I was like, oh shit, oh shoot, I panicked. Like, what do I make for a shot? Like, I'm on the stage right now, kind of like internally, if you will. And so I just grabbed a sifter, put some ice in it, and was like, oh shit. Grabbed some gin, grabbed a gun, it was like cranberry juice, and I was like, oh no, this is pathetic. Shot of gin. Poured out <laughs> three shots of gin and cranberry juice. Guy takes it and he just, you know, sorry for language, he's like, that was fucking disgusting. Like, don't ever <laughs> make that again. And I was like, God, I'm a loser. Like, that was so <laughs> embarrassing. Like. And, and I never want to be in that position again, you know. I don't want to be the guy who, like, doesn't have a drink or some of the other things we'll talk about. So that's my story. Um, number two, good segue there. And so to be clear, everyone should have a good story to tell. Yeah. Um, what's the reason behind that? Um, it just shows, you know, I don't know. It, it, why, why does anyone tell a story, you know? Um, it, it's just being good at conveying a message in a succinct way um, and kind of knowing – 
what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you're, this is the perfect story for your professional's arsenal because it invites us into the story of why you created the professional's arsenal. Right. Right. right exactly. So it's a great intro. Exactly. To, I'm happy about uh, that. It, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to teach a lot of the storytelling too. And a lot of the copy I write for Instagram, um, I like make a headline. And then for my first few paragraphs, like I try to invite you into a story. So if I'm talking to a personal trainer, it's like, you know, you know, how do you feel when you're about to get on a sales call? Do you feel like nervous, shaky? You don't know, oh my God, they're going to have objections. Like, yeah. this is too much money. So I try to invite them into stories. So they feel like, oh wow, like I know what Matt's talking about. And then bam, now I'm going to educate you. So that's a good point. And we talked about this the other day and I didn't know if we're going to save it for later. But for me, like when I tell a story or anything big or small, I have to like literally structure it out and just repeat it several times, whether it's like a quick you know, uh, closing statement or like a speech or something, or of course, a, you know, a presentation for work. Like I have to repeat it repetition back to John Wooden, you know, it's just like for me, it avoids me messing anything up and stuttering or whatever, you know, any little mannerisms, um, and just being able to, to know it and tell it. Um, so like when I interviewed, I, I got this new job in November. Um, I was going to the final interview with like all these people. It was a big moment. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is a huge company. This is going to change my life. Don't mess it up. So um, I would literally just like repeat my, you know, my, it's, it's a pitch. I'm selling myself. So I'm, I'm telling the story over and over again to myself, going for walks, making sure I have it down and ended up getting the job. But yeah, to your point, like if you can tell the good story, then you know, everything works out. Yeah. They're bought in. They're ready to listen. We have to say, okay. So as the new guy here, never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't have context. Number one is a story. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. but I'm going to ask anyways. Um, what is the moral of that story? And is it just any story? Is it a story for the sake of a story? Or is there a reason behind the story? Yeah, I mean, you think about why we like converse in general. I think there's always going to be some kind of meaning. You know, why do you open your mouth? Why do you talk? Um, so it's just like kind of, you guys talk about all the time, like doing something with a purpose. So yeah, I think even if it's something small, it's, it's, it's like get it out. I feel like there's been times growing up where you know, you mess up and you kind of say something stupid and you're in a group of friends and you're trying to prove yourself or you're with, you know, older people or something. And you're like, oh, like I sound like an idiot. So it's just like being kind of comfortable with yourself. And, and, you know, you ask the question, like, how good are you at communicating? And, uh, you know, I think that falls right into it. Yeah. I think again, stories so important because maybe no one's ever been, whatever you were 22 years old, put on the hot seat of make me a shot and not prepare, but people can put themselves in that situation and find themselves in your story where it's like, oh, maybe there was a moment in my life where someone was like, hey, do this. And you're like, I have no idea how to do this. Oh my God. So they can find themselves in your story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, another good point too. I mean, we talk about like you guys are telling stories and my belief is everyone is in sales too, you know, especially from a branding perspective who you want to be. So I, I always believe whether you're in a professional setting or not, like you're technically always selling yourself. So being able to tell a good story is hugely a part of that. Awesome. So we got a story. What is step number, number two? two? I hope you guys are thirsty. Oh, baby. Pause one sec. All right. Adam is uh, getting set up here. All right. So number two is a drink. So obviously my first story talked about, you know, completely failing on a, on a mini stage. But um, in that moment, if I had a shot to make, I would have looked a lot cooler. And who knows? Maybe that guy would have, you know, thought of me and I would have been remembered as someone who, you know, can make things happen in, a, in an instance like that. So I realized, hey, I need to have a good drink recipe on me at all times. So this one I actually named after uh, your producer, Deuce. Uh, it's called the Honey Deuce. Deuce, you with us? Deuce, sir. 
<laughs> I think we lost her. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually things. from uh, something I had at the U.S. Open tennis um, that I go to every year with my dad, except for last year. Um, they have this awesome drink where it's part vodka, and of course, their partnership is with Grey Goose. This is Tito's. Uh, but it's very simple, and that's kind of the whole point. You have vodka, you have lemonade. Nice. No, no. He's making drinks right now. No measuring yeah, involved. No, you got to get the eye down too. Pro. Yeah, it's, it's pro. It's that's getting the reps in. He's done it so many times. And He's got down. so that's vodka. That's lemonade over ice. And you can use Chambord. You can use any raspberry liqueur. It's kind of the kicker. Just a touch of this is what really sets it off. It'll bring you back to a nice warm summer day, eating a popsicle as a kid. But this one is alcohol in it. So you get that going. And then the kicker, spent all morning searching desperately for a melon baller, which if you don't know, look it up. We now have honeydew melons. So oh, the reason why the U.S. Open did that is because they, they, they look like tennis balls, you know. And they're the best thing to have at the end of the drink. So cheers Love to you. Amazing. We got Deuce, cheers, get in here. Cheers. What did you call this again? Deuce, the deucer? It's called the honey deuce, the honey like deuce. I said. Named after the produ our producer here. Um, cheers. cheers, everyone. Nice. So as, as we sip this. So is everyone that listens to this, you guys included, oh, are, yeah. you a, are you a bartender? No. But, you know, just say you're at a party. Just say you're, you know, ordering at a, uh, at a bar. Taylor trying to impress some girl. I got some shots or I got a drink that I think you'd like. Something you never heard of before or you want to make it, you're hosting. Always have a go-to drink that's easy to make. So that's number two on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that because it's um, – well, I don't want to jump ahead. But um, <laughs> it's nice to have these things kind of prepared where it's like you're just you're essentially ready for anything. Where it's like, yeah, I'm not a bartender or I'm not a chef or whatever. But, like, I can show up and have something professionally prepared. Um, and you only just need the one. Right. And I think that's what's cool about this. And how so, good is this? Come on. Just be honest. I mean, solid, good summer drink. So, yep, I'm loving it. That's number two. Number three, see a trend here where I might be going, but always have a good food recipe. Something, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a full entree, but this is an example of something I make all the time for, um, you know, potlucks, gatherings, whatever. So, this is my little appetizer and a skewer. So, you can see here, we use the same melon baller, believe that, wow. on a cantaloupe melon. We have some mozzarella prosciutto, and then topped off with some balsamic glaze. So dig in. Cheers. All right, here we go. Cheers, guys. Oh. Okay. Deuce, dig in. Mm. You get to hear us eat food into these nice mics right now as we chew a mouthful of cheese, melon, prosciutto. So it's delicious. Quick, easy, inexpensive. Sweet and savory. And, um, you know, if you go to a place where someone isn't eating meat, then tough luck on them. But... Um, <laughs> We just pop the prosciutto off. Yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, that's number three. Um, you know, and, and there's entrees and stuff too, but for the sake of this, I figured that was easy and delicious. Yeah, but you, know? you do have an entree you, you always typically make. I have a couple, but yeah, one I usually like to make is our variations of salmon. So there's like a soy glaze salmon that you marinate, um, and then there's like a salmon florentine, which is extremely easy. You just, you know, cook a salmon however you usually cook it, and then on top... Uh, put it over rice, and then put in some cottage cheese mixed with um, some cooked spinach and sun-dried tomatoes. Bang, done. Healthy. Yeah, like you said, if you're if you got a, a date coming over, uh, 
You got their parents coming over, something like that. Yep. Uh, you just look like you know what you're doing. You look like you're in charge. God, that cocktail's good. I <laughs> can't stop. Not to toot your own horn. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I usually make these, yeah, for uh, like Memorial Day is the usual kickoff for that. And, of course, when the U.S. Open rolls around. Um, nice. Cool. So that's one through three. Yep. Number four is a joke. I mean, you always have to have a joke. Love and it. I'm always Here impressed with Matt's ability to uh, whip out a good, as we call him, dad joke. Um so, you know, there's... I don't know if impressed would be the word I would use, but okay, okay, Taylor's, go on. Taylor's sick of it. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and, and I think dad jokes are either, you know, you love them or you hate them. I literally can't help myself. Um, you know, my girlfriend, I always pop them out trying to be punny, and it's just like, I don't even know I'm saying these things. It's just like, you get to an age, I think it's 30 plus, and I'm just like, I can't, I have to say this, I'm sorry. It's kind of like, but, uh, I've heard when you have a kid, you just automatically know how to carve a turkey. Yeah. As a da- it's like such a dad duty, carving a turkey. And it's like, I don't think I know how to do that. But you have a kid and bam, dad moves. Done. So I'll give you one joke. Um, and I'll gear this towards you too because, Matt, I'm sure you've heard it before. But um, how do you take the letter F out of the word way? Take the letter F out of the word way. No idea. Do it. Take the letter F out of the word way. F out of the way? There's no F and way. There is no F and way. It usually works better when someone says, like, wait, yeah. there's no F and way. And you're like, I know. <laughs> there is not. So yeah. that was pretty lame, I know. But <laughs> I think dues, we got dues. <laughs> got, yeah. That's, that's the dad joke for you. Yeah. Oh, I got another one for you. Take the, what do you call a fish with no eye? Fish. We call, we call uh, a deer with no eye. No idea. No idea. We're on fire so, here. Yeah, do you guys, you you want, guys I, are brothers. I can so go down. The, I can out of the hole. Yeah. The worst is when it gets a little later in the night. We have a few more of these cocktails, and Matt pulls out his phone, <laughs> and he's got the list, and that's. Oh. That's. I just start reading jokes because I can't remember them all, but I'm like, these are just hilarious. And, and also, no one's laughing anymore, but I still keep reading them. Well, right. yeah. See, what's hard is I know you met my roommate Adam, but you haven't got time to spend with her. She laughs at everything. So when we first moved in, I was like, man, I feel so good about myself. I am (laughs) so funny. Turns out, no, she just thinks everything's hilarious. So when she's around, Matt starts telling jokes. It's, it's just game over. Yeah. It's better that than her just being polite. Right. I don't know. I've heard a lot of jokes (laughs) repeated. So it depends. (laughs) That's what happens when you hang with me too much. But if there's one person in the room who hasn't heard the joke, guess what? I'm going to tell it because just like Adam, I like to make people laugh. What do you say? <laughs> You'll do anything for a laugh. Do anything for a laugh. Oh, yeah. God. See, that's, that's where I draw the line. But you got to do what you got to do. That's where we differ, too. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we exactly. have dirty jokes, too. We're not going to share those. So, it's like you said, maybe a couple cocktails later, we'll, we'll sure? see about it. But, yeah. No, but, it's just always good to have a joke on hand. Yeah. You're yeah, at a definitely. party. You, you don't know anybody. You're like, I got one for you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, awesome. any other questions about number four? No jokes. I think that's pretty simple. Yeah, so, five. if you need some jokes, hit me up. I'll send you. I'll DM you some. Good. So number five, and, and I love the question, like, what's your walkout song? Because I have this thing where, like, actually, now I'm thinking back, what if I had a dream job? There's this guy, Scott Venner. He used to be the guy for Entourage. He would basically be the, the music supervisor, so he'd put all the songs over over the episodes. Um, and I'm like, that would be a sick job. Because I feel like, not to sound like, um, not to be too corny or whatever, but I really do feel like life is just, like, one montage. And, like, there's always a song for, like, a moment. And that's kind of like how I curate my playlist um, based on stuff like that. So uh, I don't know if this is a dream job, but more of like a goal for when I'm like 50. I'd love to be, you know, very financially set um, to kind of do what I want. And I really want to own a bar. Um, if you're sensing a theme here, 
you know, a lot of this professional's arsenal kind of ties back to something like that where there's a gathering of people, you know, there's libations involved, food, stories, excuse me, laughter, so things like that. So um, I'm actually, one of my, my favorite playlists I have is called When I Own a Bar. It's for everyone who, uh, you know, of all ages, of all genres. So it's kind of a collection of that. So number five is a song. Always have a good song to go. This is something I ask in interviews, even when I'm being interviewed, like, hey, the party's dying down. You got the aux cord. You know, you got control of the speaker. What song are you going to put on to get the party back up? Um, and people are always like, oh, I always have that. Everyone always has a song. And I remember we were at our buddy's place in, in Williamsburg, Nick's song. He's mm -hmm. way cooler than us. Guy works in, like, the music industry. But we're at his party, all these people we didn't really know. And I could sense the party was dying down. So I'm like, I... It's my duty. I feel like it's my duty right now to get this thing going back up. Yeah, careful with playing songs because that might copyright infringement. Oh, uh, true. So I think if it's under 30 seconds, that's, you're good. Yeah, but if you know the that's song, that's not true. But Move Your Feet by Junior Senior. Um, that's like always my go-to song. People know it. People always start to move to it. So yeah. I would like to turn it on you two yeah. and ask you <laughs> if uh, you have a go-to song. I don't know. Do you have one offhand, Taylor? Because for me, it's kind of like a seasonal thing. But I think that's a great point because lots of times I'll put on songs that I'm like, well, I love this. This is going to get me going. But I don't know if it's perfect for everyone else or they right. vibe to the same kind of music. But I think that's cool that that song, yeah, everyone pretty much knows it. Everybody, yeah. move your feet and feel united. I always well, thought they said feeling naughty. So you can imagine how shattered I was when even, I that. Even better. Real words. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've stolen that from you because I think that song is great. And it, yeah. it just gets the vibe going. Taylor, you got Taylor. anything? I don't have one off the top of my head. I think what comes to mind, which could be a common theme of all these things, is this idea of know your audience, mm -hmm. um, which I think back Matt and I were at a birthday party the other day playing it. I can't even remember the name of the game. And I think that with a song is like definitely what's relevant. And then, you know, who are you around? Everyone's, you know, so it could go to what drink, what food, like all the things you're talking about, what story you're going to tell. Right. It, obviously, you're not going to know your audience in, in every scenario, but that can make a big difference. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And, and that that's a great segue, too, as to like why I came up with this, too. And for me, and, and I know you guys talk about this all the time, especially Matt, just being memorable. So the reason I, I would I would present that to like interns and be like, look, you're coming out of school. Um you got to figure out who you want to be, not like figure out what your job is, but figure out who you want to be as a person. So just have things like this, you know, be interesting because I always say like, I work at a company now where I've never had so many damn internal meetings on my calendar every day. Um, so many meetings and it's like, but, but they're necessary. And I'm in a unique position where in my job, you have to not only sell internally, but obviously to the customer. So it's like, you have to make impressions on all these people. Think about how many meetings someone goes through in a day. You know, what is it like? It could be as much as 10, 20. And then through a week, through a month. And it's like, what are you going to bring to the table in that conversation and be memorable? It could be anything, you know, good or bad. Um, but just put yourself out there. Um, and, and the same thing goes for, for socially as well. There's a guy that I work with who told me, like, we're big at my company on like POVs. So putting out kind of like, it's almost like our thesis. Like, here's my point of view on like a customer, for example. And this guy once told me, he's like, it's okay to come to a meeting and have a, a POV that's wrong, but it's not good to come to a meeting and have no POV at all, you know? So it's like, you're not just like, who's gonna remember the guy that just sat there and didn't say a word? You know, you might think of him once and be like, I don't wanna be that guy, but who's gonna remember the guy that, or girl who came, had a story to tell, you know, had something lasting to continue on from. So that's really where it all comes from. 
Yeah, I love it because um, I don't. Did we talk about some podcasts once? But it was like I went to a boss once, and I was like, I don't know what to do here. And he's like, Okay. He's like, he basically came in with no solution, and he told me he's like, Never come with nothing. Like right. you have to have some sort of idea. And like, yeah, it's okay if it's not the wrong one because you know, even like in that meeting or in whatever meeting, it's like if you come and um, yeah, whatever you said, maybe it's stupid, but that might spark you know someone else being like, Wow, that. Yeah, not exactly what we're looking for, but I kind of like if we do it this way and it could spark a whole new idea rather than like you said, you're just the guy who says nothing. So right. um, I love the professional's arsenal and that's something that you kind of have planned, ready to go. Um, I want to ask you a few questions on your interview process uh, with your you know, with your recent hire with Salesforce and you went about it in such a different way um, that made you stood out. You were applying for a position that was really more internal and basically, I'm just curious, like, how do you stand out? You know, so maybe we could take a step back and you could talk about what you do, Adam. That's a good yeah, idea. Man. That's <laughs> a great point. You know, because and, and partly to preface that. So you call this professional arsenal and I love it. However, not knowing anything about it, this is not at all where I thought you were going. Right. Talking about <laughs> professional and what it means to be pro. And I know you've talked about you talk about sales a little bit. And Matt and I talk about that a lot. And it's interesting. I think a lot of people and I once did had this weird vision of sales. You think of like mm -hmm. a used car salesman or whatever. However, it's like every aspect of our life is sales. So yeah, give us a little background on like what you do, how you got into that and how you feel like this is actually what can make you stand out. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I mentioned kind of where it started coming out of college. Um, just, you know, trying to figure out which direction I was going in, got an opportunity with the company, realized that I could sell a product that I felt passionate about and made sure that any job I had in the future um, I would be, you know, passionate about because yeah, if you don't do, so you've talked about this, like if you're not passionate about it, it makes it harder on you and it's just, it's a nightmare. Um, so what I do, I, I do sales. So I work for Salesforce, um, large software company. Um, if you haven't heard of it, but yeah, essentially I'm selling a product that existing customers would invest in, um, and potentially some that aren't customers, but you know, really what that means is, you know, I'm responsible for, uh, making those connections with those existing customers, but I don't necessarily own the overall relationship with those customers. So um, someone at my company, we'll call them an account director, um, oversee everything. So there are so many different products at Salesforce. There's so much competition to get your foot in the door, prove to that account director why your product should be the one that, you know, should be sold. You bring your POV. Um, and, you know, like anything in life, it's all about the relationships. So for me, um, that's where I, I try and come in on a bit of a lighter side. You know, I'm not trying to sell anything. And the story I'll tell is uh, something I learned from my dad early on when I was selling a software product. First job, if you've been in sales, you probably had to go through cold calling, which is the worst thing ever. But also, looking back on it, kind of one of the best things because, you know, it's it's the worst job out there. And you learn a lot from it. And I remember, like, my first or second week at this job, you know, you're in, like, a little bullpen, as they call it, and you're with all the same people who are, like, trying to figure it out, trying to make names for themselves and you're reading off a script, you don't even know what you're talking about because you're so young and new. Um, and in this one moment, I'm just, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm calling this lady. She's a VP of marketing or something. And I'm like reading my, she can tell I'm reading it. You know, anyone can always tell when you're reading something. And I'm like, yeah, this, 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 that. And she cuts me off. She's like, excuse me, sorry, are you trying to sell me something? And I'm like, uh, yeah, essentially. And she's like, not interested, hangs up. And I'm like, turn around, everyone's laughing at me because they know what just happened. And I'm like, oh, that was brutal. And how, how old are you at this point? 22. Okay. Yeah. So fresh out. Yeah. So, you know, I talked to my dad about it later that night because he, you know, has been doing sales and marketing forever. 
And I told him the story, and he's like, well, Adam, you're not selling her something. You're trying to make her life easier. And that was like, oh, thank God I figured that out early on because I really am. Like, why did we build this this software solution? Not because we're trying to make money. We are. But someone found a better way to do something, and I am trying to, keyword, empathy, put myself in the customer's shoes, um, understand their pain points, and then kind of provide or you know introduce a solution that I think makes the most sense. So, yeah, that's that's, I don't know where... I'm going with this other than, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So you're, you're doing sales. How do you, so how does your view on sales compare now to maybe that 22 year old? Yeah, I, I think it's just like diving further into that path of empathy. Um, really, really, you know, it's, it's can come off so cliche these days, but you know, just always put yourself in someone's shoes. Like how many times are they being reached out to How many meetings do they have to go through? Personally, they might be going through some stuff. So you just have to be like delicate in the way that, you know, you're not making any assumptions. So for me, it's like where I am today versus then, uh, it's just taking into that, uh, into more consideration. Yeah. So ultimately when we think back how we started this, the professionals arsenal, that's a way for you to build a relationship, right? right? Rather than sell a product. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So with sales, um, and you, you mentioned part of your job is making those connections. And that's what I said. Your superpower is the connections you have with friends. And like, again, even growing up, like, you know, you being a year older, I was, I would always like hang out with your friends. And, um, like when I come home now to the East coast, it's like for Christmas, like I can count on you to like get all your buddies together and I'll just like hang out with you. And, um, not to say like, I don't hit up my buddies, but it's yeah. just like you, you are just so good with those connections. Um, how do you feel like, um, that, um, you do that differently, like in your, in your work, making those connections and like, where do you feel like some people go wrong? Yeah. I think just making it about them like not just putting their interest first. And I feel like that comes off pretty clearly. And I feel like, you know, I've talked about this with you before, like something I, I've learned from our mother, um, who you've, have you met Sheila? No, no, we, we but I'm sure you've heard about on her. The Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah I've, I'm sure she's, she, yeah. I mean, that's exactly perfect example, but, um, you know, at Matt's wedding, I, I talked about something we learned about her during my uh, best man speech, which was like, she always makes it about, you know, someone else. It's not about, you and how can you make that person feel special? Um, so not to say like, you know, I'm sending my, my like colleagues little gifts to be like thinking of you, but you know, little things here and there just to be like, Hey, you know, you're on my mind. What's up? Um, not like, Hey, when can we get that meeting with that guy? So we can try and pitch him, you know, just being more casual about things. And I feel like friends, it's the same thing. You know, my greatest joy was (laughs) coming out here and going to the Mets game right with you. So stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I know one thing you do that, I kind of always remember I didn't always do this and I try to make sure I do almost all the time now, especially if I'm going to someone's house for the first time, I make sure to bring a gift. Yeah. I don't know if you learned that from like mom or dad, uh, but it's something that you always do. Every time you go home, you bring mom flowers. Like yeah, anyone, yeah, like house, obviously housewarming, you bring someone a housewarming gift, but it's, it's more than that. It's just like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a year. Like here are flowers. Here's something, right? Why do you feel that's so important and that you make such a big point to do that? Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a Sheila thing too, but um, I don't know. It just feels right. You know, someone welcomes you into their home, you know, you bring muffins today and it's like, um, I don't know. I've had people come to my place or, you know, we've had like, I've had parties and people just like will trash stuff and like break something and I'll be like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, I just want you to be a normal person here. So I I feel like it's just more like a thank you for welcoming me me into your home uh, type of a thing. Like, here's something for you. You know, nothing crazy, just 
you know, someone moves into a new house, like always bring the pineapple. Yeah. 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 yeah that's great. Um, awesome. So <laughs> I had a thought. And I lost Adam, it. you talked about, you know, college and then just kind of figuring things out and you got into sales and it kind of just naturally evolved. And you, it seems like you do a great job of building relationships and that's what I imagine is the part of your job you really like. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What's kind of the long-term evolution of, of what you're doing in terms of work? Yeah. I mean, it sucks to say out loud and not and dummy to come up the, the wrong way, but like, I just want to make as much money as I possibly can, you know, be comfortable enough where again, like I said, I can be, you know, I'm 32 now. I can be 50, if not younger, that's 18 years. That's a lifetime. So, um, you know, open up a bar and just be happy. Like just taking in the little things day by day, you know, getting the mini wins and just going through it. Okay. Let's, let's dive into that. Why does that suck to say? That sounds pretty awesome. Well, you just don't want to sound like your, uh, money is like revolve, you're revolving your whole life around money. But for me, it's like something that's, you know, I know I can be comfortable at a certain point when I make a certain point. Yeah, for sure. So do you feel like, how would you describe your relationship with money? We love each other. Okay. Every, now, every night we say good night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no money is like, um, I've, you know, I've been in a position where like I had lost my job when I was, um, I made a, a decision after my first company I worked at to, uh, go to this new job because I felt like I wasn't getting paid enough. Um, even though I was being treated well, I was just like, Oh my God, I'm making, you know, 40 grand a year. I'm asking for 60 to get to where I need to be. They actually got me to 50, which is great. And then this new place, you know, they're offering like 75 or whatever it was. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, you always say never chase the money. I chase the money. The company looked, you know, interesting. Uh, the Glassdoor reviews, if you're familiar with that site, it's basically employee reviews about companies they work at. They um, they were horrible, and I didn't see the signs. I chased the money. Um, ended up, you know, doing two weeks of training there, one week in the office, the second week in the office, the, the VP of sales. It was just one of those situations where it's like, we want you to, I know this is a, a long-winded answer, but this guy's like, we want you to read a script. That's how we sell here. And I'm like, I, that's just like not how I do it. You know, it's just not conversational for me. So I ended up getting let go and I was like shattered. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't imagine having spent, you know, a year because we always have these things where it's like you have to show your longevity on your resume. So I'm like already setting myself up to be like, okay, I'm going to be miserable for the next year. This is going to be a disaster. But when I got let go, I was like, oh, thank God. And then my next job, I was like interviewing at all these places. And I'm like, I just didn't feel passionate about the company. But I had a financial obligation to, you know, stay alive and, and pay for things and do all that and being in that situation where it's like, I'm literally eating, you know, as little as spending as little much on food that as I can, um, to sacrifice for other things. And I've been in that situation where it's like the shittiest feeling of, you know, not being able to be happy because of money. So my relationship is like, I do a good job now of trying to save, you know, as much as I can while also being able to like live my life, um, comfortably. Okay. And yeah. And, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say, but yeah. So I love that. So if we go really, you know, when I asked you that question, the original question going back to the end goal was you can open your own bar, yeah. right? That's like kind of the long-term vision. Yeah. What, what is it about that owning your bar? Like what excites you? What, what about that makes you happy? Yeah. I think you could see a theme with like the arsenal. Like I said before, it's like the elements of what would go into a bar, you know? Um, if you guys, you know, if I had a bar, I'd be like, even still, I could want people to come to my place. I try and make my place as welcoming as possible, but to have a bar where it's like, you know, you guys come here, it's, it's got that like local vibe. You, uh, you come in and it just feels like a second home. That's just like kind of the environment I would like to provide. 
Yeah, I love yeah. that. Are, are we going to name the bar the Arsenal? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, someone asked me recently, I think it was my girlfriend, she was like, what are you going to name the bar? And I'm like, how have I not thought of this? Um, I was like, uh, Stills, because I love Stephen Stills, the musician. Okay. Um, it should be When I Own a Bar. I know, right? Or <laughs> W-I-O-B. We'll call it Weob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Weob. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. But I, no, I'm I still finally... working on the name. Okay. So, so it's interesting, because originally you let off with This Sucks to Say... Um, however, it sounds like you have, you know, a healthy relationship with money. Um, do you feel like you kind of said that because of how most people might view that response? Yeah, totally. Um, and in the same stretch, I feel like everyone had such a year last year where for me, I didn't have like a near death experience or anything, but I'm like, uh, you know, it's just another reminder that, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed and you can't be, um, I don't know, making sacrifices to not be happy. So money's one of them for me. Um, and if I'll spend money to, you know, do stuff, then so be it. So you said <clears throat> tomorrow's not guaranteed and you've used the word sacrifice a lot, uh, in, during this podcast, Have I? <laughs> at least four times. Uh, so if tomorrow's not guaranteed, you know, why wait till you're 50 to open a bar? Uh, just because, well, a couple of things, I, I think I have a lot to, to do, you know, like start a family one day, would like to buy a house. Um, I rent a place now in Newport, Rhode Island, so there's just like check marks that I have to get through and just, you know, build liquid as well. Um, I'm not trying to, um, get into a situation where financially I'm, I'm like taking out loans and stuff, but also there's like a big educational piece to it. You know, everyone thinks that they can like run a bar. We've all seen bar rescue. It's like at, at that point where I'm ready, it's like, it'll start a new journey where I, you know, will learn how to manage something like that. Um, you know, maybe work at a place for a little bit, you know, just to get the experience, um, you know, not for the money, but again, for the experience. Yeah, circling back, I mean, uh, I think this is really cool. It sounds like it's not about the money at all. However, that is the goal, right? Make as much money as you can so that, you know, you can be happy, you can have this bar, and then you can make other people happy. And exactly, yeah. It's funny, you know, Chris Harder has a quote who Matt says all, uh, which Matt says all the time, when good people make good money, they can do great things. So mm -hmm. we got a good person. If you can make great money in, you know, 10 years, whatever that looks like, you can open a bar, you can give back to people, you can just like be authentically yourself. And it's funny because I've had this conversation a lot with people recently about, can you, do you believe that you can do what you love and make good money? And it's, you know, right. just that question, there's a lot of caveats to it, but it's led to a lot of interesting conversation where I just asked the question. I didn't push my um, belief, which I do believe that you can do both. And I believe sometimes you maybe do things that you don't necessarily love to right. then get to that end goal. And right, exactly. I mean, it does sound like you, you know, love aspects of your job right now. Mm -hmm. However, it's like, and it's a funny thing. I think people have, I would say most people, at least in the U S have a poor relationship with money where it's yeah. like either it's something they never had, or it's like, they want it to, you know, have the Ferrari and the vacation home and whatever. And it's like, and then there's people who just feel guilty about making good money, right. it, you know, which is why it was interesting how you answered that. And, you know, right. now talking through it, it again, it sounds like, oh, who's going to listen to this? What are they going to think? But ultimately, I think it's like making good money is, is awesome. And like, I want to come to that bar. I'm excited yeah. for it. No, you'll be right on the list. Don't you worry. Yeah. Can yeah. I have my own mug? Yeah, here it is. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Deuce, is this, Thanks, can Deuce. I take this? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you brought up something interesting too that I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention but uh, an aspect of like giving back to um, the other so like when I was interviewing at Salesforce I'm like this is going to be a company where I work for it's going to be life-changing but I, I was weary because um, like in the middle of my journey I worked for a large company in the tens of thousands of employees and it was like horrible culture um, 
you know, you're just like a, a salesperson with a number over your head. There was no culture at all. Um, and they kind of churned and burned like that. So I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to a company that's 50,000 people. But the reason I was so convinced, you know, another big lesson I will say too is, you know, always take a job where you know someone who has worked there or works there. It's always good. Um, but yeah, a friend of mine was telling me about the culture. Um, and something that I loved was Salesforce has this philosophy called 111. And oh boy, I better get this right. You give back 1% of your time, 1% of your money, and 1% of your equity. Um, you know, philanthropically. So I feel like that's a major part of like living a good life is um, giving back. So I talked to Matt about like, I joined this thing called Climb Hire, which is like a mentorship pro program where people come in who are trying to get into the tech scene who have like no background in it. And essentially you work with them, kind of mentor them and, and help them out. Um, so like doing stuff like that is like, I think such a big thing. Um, that's definitely more of like a time thing. Um, but you know, I, I like to give back to, to, to certain charities. So I think that's important for everyone too. If you don't have the money, you have the time. So you guys are talking about doing stuff like that in your community, and I love it. I think everyone should should do that because it is very fulfilling. Yeah, can, uh, can you tell me that? We talked about it. We were having uh, lunch in Mark's uh, the other day. You told me the story about that specific giving back and helping someone. Uh, do you mind sharing that story? Yeah, so um, yeah, I just met. It was, it was actually my first meeting. You, you get set up with a couple people, and they just talk to you about um, their experience, and you kind of – figure out what to recommend from there. There's other sessions where like you do mock interviews, but essentially, you know, it was like the same thing I always talk about. I was like, you know, talk about your experience. Everyone has experience. Like, but how can you talk about your story? I'm like, craft your story. And I kept saying this to this one uh, young lady. And um, in the end, I, you know, I gave her my email. She's, we're corresponding that way. She's asking for advice and stuff like that. And I, I told her the same thing I did for when I interviewed. I'm like, yeah, just get your story down just know it, memorize it. And it's like one thing that worked for me is I go out for walks and just like rehearse it, rehearse it. And she said she ended up doing the same thing. And then she got the job. She told me super happy for her. And then, you know, she posts on LinkedIn. She's like, got a job, you know, gives a shout out and obviously never looking for a shout out or anything like that. But, you know, you, you hear someone succeeding because of some advice you gave them. And it's just like, there's no, there's no dollar on that. You know, it's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so rewarding, and it's you know it's funny when we talk about giving back. I think so many people think about oh, I gotta donate money, or I gotta you know help build a house or whatever it is. But like sometimes it's just like the random acts of kindness, or like yeah. which is why I love the whole idea of owning a bar, just yeah. like being behind the table and like listening. You know, we we just uh, made an episode about communication, and it's like people just want to feel heard. Yeah, and if you could be that random person. They come to the bar, they feel welcome and just be heard and maybe like give one, one thing for them to think about that could literally change their life. Yeah, that's a great point. So my first bartending job, that one that was in Manhattan, that was my senior year. The summer going into my senior year, turned 21, all my friends are getting internships at like banks or whatever. And I'm like, I just want to be a bartender. So I get my little license, you know, you think Matt is a baby face, should have seen me at 21. Um, went to every bar, I went to like 60 bars in the area of like our hometown and everyone's like, no, you look too young this, that. So I finally get like my 61st, you know, visit this one restaurant at this public golf course in Stanford, Sterling Farms, if you know it. And, um, I was like, Oh sweet. They're going to hire me to be like the guy at the sports bar where that everyone goes to after. No, that's not the bar you're working at. You're working at the, the fine dine restaurant when you first pull in that all the old people go to, which is hilarious. I'd, I'd work there and these people on Sundays, they're so old. They would order, uh, like the house vodka neat. So just like neat, meaning just you pour it in the glass, nothing else. And I'm like, the house vodka is like Dubra. This yeah. is, this is pungent. <laughs> uh, but I ended up learning that like old people, I think, 
Shield told us this was like back in their day they didn't have like flavored distilled multiple distilled vodkas so that's what they drink but anyway uh this one woman come in every sunday she was very old i sad that i don't remember her name it might have been like marge or something but yeah she was like 86 88 and every sunday she'd come in and order the same uh barefoot chardonnay i think it was the leader bottle and she would end up drinking the whole thing i'd pour pour an extra one for free on the house and she would just talk to me about her husband who's no longer with us her cat and yeah, just like listening to her and me kind of being her friend was just like the coolest thing because no one came in except for her on a Sunday. And it was just like me and her hanging out. And I always knew she's coming in. And yeah, it was it was always good conversation. That's that's really cool. I've had, ever since you, you brought up the professional arsenal, I've had this idea. And Matt have t- and I have talked about before of turning pro and what it means to be a professional. And sounds like you very much are. You've had a lot of success. You've learned a lot of things. I'm curious how much of being a bartender do you feel like has added to your success just with building relationships to what you do yeah. now? So happy you brought that up because you said professional before in that kind of a context. And I always think of a professional as one thing where Matt and I were at a baseball camp at St. Luke's way back in the day. We were like maybe eighth grade-ish. And um, one day they brought in the, the bullpen catcher for the Mets. So bullpen catchers technically aren't on the roster. They're technically on the coaching staff. They're the guys who are in the bullpen. When the pitchers warm up, he's the one that catches their balls. Side note, that kind of sounds like a great job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't job know what security. the pay was. Yeah. I mean, you're probably making at least six figures. Oh, easy, yeah. You know? Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, they, and they kind of treat him more like coaches. And this guy came, and he talked to us. And someone asked him, like, how does it feel that you're not really, like, on the team? And he was like, I'm a professional. He's like, uh, I learned this a long time ago, that as soon as somebody starts paying you for something, you're a professional doesn't matter what you are. He's like, so I'm a professional baseball player. You know, I'm in this organization. They're paying me, so I'm a professional. So the definition of me and what I always think about a professional is, is if someone's paying you to do something, you're a professional. Um, Yeah, professional bartender, you're a professional coach, whatever you want to call it. Um, So I think, yeah, to answer your question, though, um, how much has that influence had? It's, It's the same thing. You know, someone asks you to make a shot. Someone wants to hear a story from you. You just always have something going. And you're able to be, you know, putting yourself out there. So it's so cool going going back to that story. It's like storytelling, storytelling, and that's what you helped that one girl with um, uh, for giving back and helping her. Like, hey, just tell your story, and you know, go on a walk and think about it. And going on this walk and allowed her to, you know, she got that job. And um, I think that's what's so cool about like giving back, where people think Taylor, you're kind of alluding to it. Where it's like you think, I don't know, maybe you have to be a professional. You have to be do this grand thing, and it's like you've learned just from the bartending, all this stuff that like story is super important and for her to tell that, um, and just to give back to like, that wasn't like, I don't mean to undermine this, but it's like, wasn't the biggest, grandest advice ever, but it helped her get this job. Yeah. And I think that's what people can realize where it's like, you don't need to, um, you don't need to be like this, like fucking Elon Musk or something to give back. And, um, like it doesn't have to be your money, but even the thing that, you know, that dad told you, where it was like, you're not selling something, you're solving a problem. If you just tell someone that, that could change your whole life. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and to your point, yeah, not even professionally. We have such a crisis uh, with, like, mental health these days. And you always, you know, urge people to reach out. You know, if you're not feeling right, always reach out. And, and you know, you have a friend in me. And it's so true. It's like something like that is so small but can end up saving someone's life. You know, just being a friend and, and being able to give your time and, you know, your ear to them. Yeah, totally. I love that. So it's interesting and 
you know, kind of why I brought up the bartending is like, uh, one thing you learned when you told that story about your dad, like you're not, you're not selling something. You're, you're essentially solving a problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is people don't know how to talk to people. Right. right. And there's like a lot of things that you quote unquote learn in school. And it's like, just do things and have life experiences, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it definitely is an interesting thought that you have of like, if, if you get paid for it, you turn, you're a pro. However, it doesn't necessarily mean like you're good. Like what, what differentiates you from being like the best at what you do or just, you know, being there. But I'm curious, like looking back on your life, wh which, how old are you? 31, 32, 32. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? And if we think about like 16 or 18 or 21, like maybe pivotal times, kind of looking back, like what do you think would really have helped you? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, just more of the empathy stuff. Um, I feel like my biggest flaw growing up was, you know, being too sarcastic or, you know, I love to make a joke any moment I can truly. Um, but I think younger, I did that at the expense of others, not thinking about how they, that would affect them or how they felt. So kind of more of like an asshole vibe. So I'd probably say, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Cause, uh, yeah, I definitely think I was different back then. I don't know if you'd agree, but yeah. Do you think younger Adam would listen to that advice? Uh, back to the future. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. I like that. Um, I got a question for you. <laughs> what do you think was so weird about our family that we thought was normal, but is definitely not normal oh to any other family? All right. This is going to be a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, boy. I know where you want me to go with this, but I'm not going to bring do it up. Do you? I'm not bringing up the, the sodas. Um, <laughs> the sodas? Oh, no, no. That's not where I was going with it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll kick it off for you guys. Well, we, yeah, we go ahead. in our family, I don't know why fart is a bad word, but <laughs> instead of saying fart, we would call them fluffies. And I remember one time hanging out with friends and I was like, oh, you just fluffied or something. How embarrassing. All my friends were like, deuce. what? Deuce Fluffy? About the fluffy. <laughs> Maddie's losing it. Uh, oh my God. I was so embarrassed. And that was the moment I was like, I, I actually kind of knew, you know, yeah, we call it farts, but it slipped. And, oh, my God, it was so embarrassing. Uh, so that's kind of where I, where my head was at with that. Yeah, I think that's kind of maybe in line with where I was going to go, where um, our mom is so funny. She, like, like when we're home for Christmas, she'll still put out um, milk and cookies for Santa and, like, still to this day will not admit that he's not real. What? Wait, sorry, who's listening? Yeah. That, that people believe he's Spoiler not real. Alert, yeah. And it's so funny because we're like, okay, Sheila, like – yeah. And then Alan, our dad, will still, like, eat one and take a bite out of another. And it's just a funny thing that, like, they, you know, I think we, we definitely love tradition and and stuff like that. So that that always cracks me up. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the tradition. I, yeah, we've got a lot of traditions that we like to stick to. That's yeah. so funny you say that, Matt, because when I was in college, there was a friend of mine, her roommate, there was, like, I don't know, six girls that lived together. And I can't remember the the word. I wish I could remember the word, but her dad played a joke on her as a kid. And for the remote control to the TV, she, he na he called it something else, something ridiculous. Okay. And it literally, like, even going in high school, her parents told her friends not to, like, tell her. So she went to college <laughs> and was like, hey, can you pass me the whatever? And they're oh like, the what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And it, and her whole life, she went her whole life until she went to college realizing that her dad played this. Sh I was like, that's genius. Her dad, that is the long that. Her dad Truman showed her with the yeah. remote. Yeah, <laughs> really. It's a legend, yeah. That is insane. Dude, well, well, that brings up another great debate is what do you actually call that device? Because I've heard remote control, clicker, 
um, dude, mom channel says changer. channel changer. Yeah, I'm like, a, mom, I why did you go one, with yeah. the longest name ever? At least channel it's, changer. it's, I mean, it's accurate. I know what she's saying. Yeah, so. it's true. What does that channel changer do? <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe this, but it changes channels. <laughs> Can you hand me the channel changer volume controller, uh, a power on, power off <laughs> thing? Oh, <laughs> remote? boy. Wow. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, Adam, uh, we're getting to the end of time here. Do you, are there any final words, any things you want our audience to, to take home with them? Several. Let's hear it. Bill, um, sorry, John Wooden. I should say Bill. I was thinking of Bill Walton. Um, John Wooden always said, make every day your masterpiece. So I'll say that. And two, I would like you guys to do this and get back to me and anyone and deuce. Sorry, forgot to, leave, forgot to include there. And then of course, any other listener, like create your own professionals arsenal, whether it's the framework of what I told you. Or just come up with five things that you think is going to be useful and just like always have that on hand and, you know, reach out to the team here. I'm sure they'd love to share some of those, but would also like to hear your guys's. So maybe next podcast, you know, I'm a guest, throw yours out. Um, and that's it. Thank awesome. you for having me. Oh, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, guys. I'm curious about the first one. How do you make every day your masterpiece? Is there something you specifically, you kind of said like before with the speech, uh, laugh, cry. Whatever yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've had to get into such a routine. Um, it's just like same thing, like how to tell a story. I feel like my days are the same way where I have to like structure it out. Um, yeah, I've, I've told someone way back when, way back when, meaning like a couple years ago, like you can make life as hard as you want to, all things considered, like meaning you may not make a lot of money. You may have like some health issues or something, but there's also a choice for you to make good habits over bad habits, meaning like you can make life as hard as you want it to be. So we can all relate to times we've fallen into those things. I mean, I hired Taylor as my coach. I'm sure you're like, if Adam could get past Susie and keep working out, he'd probably be in a better spot. And I think the same thing, you know, and it's just like little things where it's like, you know, you, you always have to try and work on yourself and make things better um, and, and just avoid bad habits. I love it. James, James Clear has the quote, every choice you make is a vote for the type of person you want to become. Therefore, I don't remember That's the rest nice. of it. Therefore, you know, it's habits. It's all about building better habits. And, uh, yeah, if you want, if you want X, Y, Z, you know, you want to make more money, you know, kind of take a look at the things you're doing. Uh, I think it's even maybe Mel Robbins who says, you want to show me who you'll be in five years? Show me your habits right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's awesome. Oh, I got one more. I thought of this from Taylor speaking earlier. We were talking about changing the world. And I always say, you change the world by changing people's worlds. Mm. I don't know if someone said that or if I just made it up but I hope someone else said it because I can't handle responsibility <laughs> for something like that. But like you think about it and uh, I don't want to get into religion, but I'm always like, technically, you know, you are your own kind of personal Jesus because you think about your morals, your ethics and who you're talking to when you're making a decision yourself. So um, do that to yourself and then, you know, change other people's worlds. That's all I got. Man, uh, I love that you said that, not to dive too deep, but I was actually in a conversation with someone a week ago who was like trying to figure out what she wanted to do. And she's like, she said all these things. And I was like, so you want to change the world? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, but I, she's like, I don't know how. I was like, well, do you believe that you could change the world by changing one person's life? And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. She thought about this grand gesture. And I was like, just think about it. And she sent me a message that she's like, wow, I like, I thought a lot about that. And like, I realized that I just really want that like instant gratification of like, you know, this big thing. And yeah. I, totally, I totally agree with what you're saying is it's, you know, and, and to build your masterpiece, like really it's choices little mm -hmm. by little, a little becomes a lot. So even just one choice every day can mm -hmm. move the needle a little bit. Yeah. hundred percent. It's beautiful. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Adam. It's been oh, fun. Oh, and the last thing, happy early birthday to my best friend, Matthew. He'll be 18 in two days. Thank Can't you. wait to see him be yeah. able to uh, vote and uh, smoke cigs. No, kidding. Yeah. Maybe 31. grow a mustache. <laughs> There's no maybe. Look at this guy. Look at this mustache it's, over here. It's, uh, yeah, we were at the mountain the other day, and I just met this guy. He's like, oh, whoa, vacation mustache? And I was like, yeah, just grew it today. This is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been growing this since uh, this March 17, 2020. This is my here. quarantine mustache. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, no, It just I, started... Blooming. Yeah, I'm like, no, I didn't buy boy brow and put this in. What? <laughs> oh. Okay, castor oil, I have tried it. I, I will say there's one thing I can't do. It's grow any facial hair. I mean, there's something there, but, you know, dad'll dad'll like, tease me. I'm like, dude, this is your fault. You can't tease me about my facial hair. Yeah. Got this yeah. from you, man. Yeah, you got that that long head of hair. So. That, yeah. and that's from that's I have from to Sheila. shave my knuckles because of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to end it. Your toe this knuckles? Great. Yeah. Boys, thank you. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out. Uh, Appreciate it's it. It's a pleasure having you. And, and we get to party for another week. So, yeah. Let's go. See you on the Instagrams. See you on the Instagrams. Oh, do you want people to follow you? Find you somewhere? Yeah, yeah LinkedIn. Sure. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Looked up Adam Mahalik on LinkedIn. Such a pro. Yeah. Such a pro move. Yeah. It's all about who you know, right? Yeah. Adam L O U Y S on Instagram. Nice. There it is. Great. All right. And Adam.tv. T E V E. All right. Thank you. All right. Bam. That's it. No, don't follow me, but also LinkedIn and here are my two Instagrams. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Last thing. Yeah. Also, one more thing. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> uh, perfect. Just out my no. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We're not going there. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much. And until next time, peace.